Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of The Leadership Edge and today I'm very excited to be talking with you about authenticity and creating a culture of authenticity. Welcome to The Leadership Edge, searching the corners of modern thought to find the secret spices that make a great inspirational leader with your host Trish Everett. Okay, so authenticity. Now, last week, I don't, have you listened to the show? It was a fantastic show. I interviewed Manish Wadwa from Business for Humanity, and we spoke about a lot of great things, including purpose in leadership. Um, and the thing that came up was this concept of a culture of authenticity. And I get really excited talking about authenticity. So we're going to dive into that today and really deconstruct what authenticity is and what are the key skills, the skill set that goes into being more authentic. All right, great. So to start with, how do you feel about the word authenticity? Does that word conjure up anything for you? For some people, it it really lands as like, yes, I want to be more authentic. For other people, it can feel a little overused and or a little unsure about what that actually means to you. So just take a moment to check in with yourself about, well, what is authenticity for you? So when I think of authenticity, I'm thinking about how can I show up more as the truth of who I am? And when I got out my etymological dictionary, which was really good to get out because my computer had been sitting on it, nice big thick book, um, I went and I had a look at, well, where is the that word coming from? And coming back in the 13th century, the word that it originates from was meaning to act from one's own authority. And I just really like that because... Part of it is that we're, it's about action. So it's not just being ourselves, it's about acting from the place of being ourselves and from one's own authority. So that's everything that is in, within ourselves is our authority, which I really like. And when we jump into self responsibility, you're going to see why. So that's how I see authenticity. Now, what I think happens to us is that as we go through life, we start to learn to put masks on because it's not always 100% to be the full out vulnerable selves that we are. So we develop a system of putting masks and costumes and creating illusions around who we are to remain safe. And as we go through life, we, we keep putting them on. And what happens, it's a bit like when your mum or dad says to you, oh, oh, don't make that face. If the wind changed, you'll be stuck. That's a little bit what these masks that we use to hide ourselves or change the way that we come across. What they, what happens to them is like the wind changes and they actually become a bit stuck. So what happens over time is it's like we have a layer and layers and layers of masks and costumes that we've put over top of the true authentic self of who we are. So to become more authentic, there's kind of a couple of parts. There's the 
the skill set that's preparing us to be authentic and then there's the skill set of being authentic. So the first one I like to call the skill set of being and this is really about figuring out who that authentic self is. It's that self-discovery, self-knowledge, self-mastery, that, that skill set. So the first one of those is self-awareness. And this is building up an awareness, firstly, of when we even got a mask on. Because these masks, they're kind of sneaky. They get, they got put on however many years ago. They became a permanent part of how you put yourself out to the world. And you may not even know that they're, that that's even a mask anymore. So, we're looking to start to build our awareness of when we are putting a mask on and start to, start to get the awareness of when we're not actually choosing it, when it's actually just there. So really good signs for this are if you notice yourself telling a little white lie or exaggerating or telling a blatant lie or, um, it's things like wanting to hide a part of yourself and not show a part of yourself, withholding the truth, those sorts of things. All of those are little triggers that your self-awareness can latch onto and go, oh, okay, there's something here. I must have a mask on that's stopping me from being able to be authentic. Now, just a, a note on this is that being authentic doesn't mean to have all your masks off all the time and never being able to put on a mask or or any of that. What it is about is it's not having masks that are playing out on your behalf without your knowledge. So being authentic has you can still decide that, okay, at this point in time, I'm going to put a mask in place. I don't want to show this person that part of me or um it can also can also be not so much about um using a mask but it can also be about choosing what part of your authentic self you want to put forward but the choice won't happen unless you have that awareness there if the awareness isn't there it'll just happen habitually and you won't actually get to choose to put a mask on it'll just be the one that happens to be at the top of the pile so the next part of this is if you can get to a place where you're like, oh, okay, I've got a mask here. So what's underneath that? What is it that I am wanting to hide, protect, not show? And to look at that with this skill of self-acceptance. So if we can bring acceptance into that part of ourselves, we start to heal the need for a mask. So if you notice the the places where th there is there is a mask coming up, I would love for you to start to to put a little healing into that through some self acceptance, and that can be as simple as say for example you have your partner's just come home and. They wanted, they asked you where you'd been all day or what you'd been doing. And you spent an hour watching Netflix and you didn't really want to tell them, for example. So if, if that was the thing, you would, the noticing would be where you started to, to hide the, the, what you'd been up to. 
The healing part is to actually allow yourself to accept the part of you that decided to spend an hour watching Netflix rather than to be angry or upset with yourself for that part of you that just wanted to take a chill out and decided to take an hour out of the day to do that and to really look at what it is that you're trying to hide and check in around where your self-acceptance is and ask yourself, how can I accept myself more in this? How can I love myself more? And loving yourself more brings us into the third skill, which is about self-appreciation and self-compassion. So really just offering up a little bit of compassion to yourself that that's like balm. It's, it's just this beautiful balm to help where there, where there has been a fracture. And, you know, all these masks, we put them in place to protect us. Like they're, they're not our enemy. They were, they, we put them there to keep us safe. And now we're wanting to choose when we want to keep ourselves safe and in what way. And we're bigger now. We're adults and we can, we can make those choices for ourselves. So that, Those three skills, the skills of being, the awareness, the acceptance, and the appreciation, they're all the skills to practice, to start to to get deeper into knowing yourself, deeper into being authentic. And wherever we're at, no matter how long we've been working on this, there's always another layer. There's always another mask to pull off as we go along. And you might also find that there are places, situations, people where you find a mask is on that it wasn't there when you were speaking with someone someone else. So really taking the time to reflect on where it is that you need more of a mask and where you feel more happy to 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 be more of yourself. That's a really cool thing to look at. So yeah, if you can think now of one place where you don't feel you can be yourself and one place where you feel that you do, that that's really great knowledge to have. And you can deconstruct what it is about those two places or people that, that facilitate those, those feelings in you. All right. So fantastic. That's getting us to that real beautiful sense of how we we set ourselves up to be authentic. So now we're going to dive into the skill set for being authentic. Now, the first part of this comes from Brene Brown's work, and she talks about the importance of vulnerability and of being brave. And I feel like that these two are kind of peas in a pod because by being vulnerable, that's the willingness to show up as part of ourselves. So what we were talking about before with, um, so the example of the Netflix, to be vulnerable in that situation would be to say, yeah, I actually needed a little bit of a break today. I needed some time out and I decided to watch Netflix for an hour. And that's vulnerable because that's showing a part of you that previously you wanted to have hidden. The other side of that is that it's very, very brave. It's very brave to step up and own up to something that you're, that there's some fear about how other people will react to that. So that's a really important piece to look at is how can I be more vulnerable and how can I be more brave? Now I'd like to just put a little 
a little piece in here about a culture of authenticity. Those that skill set, the be, the being skill set that we looked at before, that was about awareness, acceptance, and appreciation. It is much easier to be authentic if that is the environment that you're doing it in. So if you're wanting your partner, your work colleagues, um, your team, your boss, anybody to be more authentic with you by paying attention to them and really, really having your awareness open to, to them by accepting them. And that means not for being full of criticism and judgment. And by appreciating them, by letting them know all the amazing, beautiful part of them that you see. So if you can notice them, be non-judgmental and be appreciative of them, then you're actually setting a fertile ground for other people to be more authentic with you. Just how you set that fertile ground within yourself to be more authentic, you can use that same skill set to set a ground for other people to be more authentic with you. And it's it takes a lot less bravery when you're going into that environment to speak up than it does to go into one where there's where there's critics. And just as a side note, if people are being critical of you, that actually belongs to them. Their criticism is their responsibility. You actually have a choice whether or not you want to take that on. And that's actually leading us into this next two skills to look at in terms of authenticity. And that is self-responsibility and boundaries. And these two are kind of the same, um, the same coin, but different sides. That makes sense. So self-responsibility, I just, I, I, I think we spoke about this on the last show that was just you and me. And it, you know, I, I just, really do believe that this is a huge, this coin that we're talking about here can make all the difference in any interpersonal relationship and in terms of your own happiness. So this piece about self-responsibility. Now, when we come back to that, um, where the word authenticity comes from, that acting from one's own authority, this comes in really, really big. Because if self-responsibility is really basically about owning our own stuff, and when I say stuff, what I'm talking about is our own thoughts, our own words, our own actions, our own emotional responses. And so if we can own all of that, if we can be responsible for all of that, then we have power over it. Then we have authority over it. So in terms of being authentic and we're acting from one's own authority, if we're not, if we're not self-responsible, how can we be authentic? Because we haven't got, we haven't got mastery over our own authority. So where, where we slip up with self-responsibility is where we want to put responsibility for what's going on within us onto someone else. So say, for example, we're feeling really, really cranky. Something has happened at work. Somebody did this thing and, well, let's bring it home because that's a bit 
Um, you know, we could all go there. We're home. The partner's left the cereal bowl on the counter, hasn't put it away. Now, for some people it's like, meh, no big deal. But just imagine it is a big deal for a moment if that's your reaction. <laughs> or whatever it is that gets your goat. We all have our things, the little, little things that, that get, that get us feeling a little bit annoyed and frustrated. So the cereal bowl on the counter or the toilet seat up or, um, the muddy boots through the kitchen or, um, the knife left out where the kids can reach it, all those sorts of things. So that happens. The action is the trigger. And then the person who comes in contact with that trigger then has an emotional reaction. If they're being self-responsible, they take full responsibility for their reaction to what has triggered them. If they're not, then they start blaming or putting fault on the person who has set the trigger, i.e. the cereal bowl, and they start blaming them for with for and with their anger and annoyance. So what happens there? Well, it is very satisfying to let it out and totally put that onto somebody else. It's like, oh my God, it's a cereal bowl. I'm so annoyed. Why do you keep doing that? That's, you know, like the, the litany of blame that comes out of that. What happens is that in terms of you being able to be happy, you being able to um, sort things out internally for yourself, you no longer have authority over yourself. You no longer have responsibility and power over that because the moment you blame somebody else for your emotions, you're asking them to fix it rather than being able to fix it yourself, if that makes sense. So, it's not to say that you just have to put up with everything and just internally deal with everything yourself. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. It's just that to deal with it is a lot cleaner if you're not leaking all of your stuff onto them. Then you can own your actions. Like I am feeling really frustrated. That cereal bowl, I saw it and I started feeling frustrated rather than the, the cereal bowl is making me feel frustrated. Okay, it's a really, really different thing because one isn't contained. It's kind of leaking out everywhere and leaks are a lot messier. If everyone can keep their own stuff contained, it totally changes the conversation. So it might make a little bit more sense when we flip the coin over the other way to boundaries. So situations reversed. You're now the one that's left the cereal bowl on the table and your partner is now very cranky and at you because of the cereal bowl. So they're cranky and they're saying to put their anger on you. This is your fault. And what happens when blame starts coming out, it tends to kind of cascade into a whole lot of other stuff that they've been meaning to blame on, you know, that they, that they, the emotions they can't hold in and they want to put onto you. Oh my gosh, this, you've left the cereal bowl again. And then last week you didn't take the rubbish out and you never pull your weight. And I'm the one that does everything and da da da. And it sort of, it cascades from a cereal bowl to a litany of other things that have got something else a lot deeper going on. So that's 
that can happen. So in terms of the boundaries, you as the cereal bowl um, placer, you can have a boundary of going, okay, I will take responsibility for my actions of leaving the cereal bowl, but I am not going to take responsibility for your reaction to it. That that belongs to you. And then then you can talk about it from a way of not feeling blamed. You can let them keep their emotions and you can keep your actions. And your reactions to that then become your own. So it just really cleans everything up so we're, we're not leaking over onto each other. So in terms of building a culture of authenticity, this really compounds when you have more than two people. Can you imagine, like, okay, so let's get this as a visual. So imagine each person was like a cup of water on a table, all different colored cups, and that, that that's your team. And there's all these different colored cups on the water, on the water, of water on the table. Okay, so each of these cups have their stuff. They have their, inside that cup is the liquid of thoughts and actions and emotions and all of that is contained within each person. So if everybody is practicing self-responsibility and healthy boundaries, then the liquid stays in each of them. When that stops happening, it's like there's holes inside of all of those cups and what's inside them is leaking out over everyone else and you end up with this huge mess of everybody's interwoven stuff all over the table, which is a lot harder to deal with because it's not contained with each person. So in building a culture, helping people to be self-responsible, so this is things like building a blame-free culture, is a huge part of this. If you can create a culture where blame, criticism is not part of your culture, then you are a long way along to being able to have everybody keep their stuff contained in their cup. Um, and the other one is having people safe spaces where people can talk about that. So where all that stuff wants to leak out, that there is a safe space for that to do it that isn't going to get really messy, that that can get processed, put back in the cup so then it can go off and actually be dealt with in a really constructive way. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me and talking about authenticity and a culture of authenticity with me today. I have thoroughly enjoyed talking about this. So jump over to theleadershipedge.com.au if you would like to see the other episodes and to connect with me on Face, um, on FaceTunes, iTunes. Connect with me on iTunes. You can go to that webpage and you can subscribe to the Leadership Edge at iTunes. And if you would like to leave a review and tell me what you think of the show, that would be very appreciated. I love getting reviews. And to do that, you just head over to iTunes and up the top of the Leadership Podcast, you will see a tab called Ratings and Reviews, or maybe it's just called Reviews. If you click on that, then you'll have the option to leave a review. And I would be ever so grateful if you would do that. So that's all from me. Have a wonderful and authentic week. And I look forward to joining you next week.